0: Well, good morning, everyone. I want to thank you all for being here. And uh, I'd like to start by expressing my sincere gratitude to Lawrence and the Retail Without Borders team for the warm welcome and support uh, during these trying times. Uh, A bit about me, I am the CEO and co-founder of Kung Fu Data and E-commerce Group, whose sole mission is to help brands thrive in China's online marketplaces. And to that end, I hope today's session is both eye-opening and inspiring as we take a little walk into what it takes to make it in the world's biggest market. So, a few months ago, I had a really important client coming into town, and I wanted to impress him. So I asked my team, I said, where should we take him? And immediately, one of my account managers blurted out, Dintai Fong. And I was like, Okay, that's, that's a good choice, right? It's pretty good. But actually what shocked me was the rest of my team, my local team, started nodding their heads. Didn't I find, didn't I find? Yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's perfect. And I was like, well, it's, it's okay, right? But to my team, this was the ultimate place to take foreign executives, to so foreigners, for an executive lunch. And at that moment, I was struck by just how top of mind this particular name came up. It's a Taiwanese chain in China where there's 100 million restaurants. And I'm like, wow. And so I was curious. I asked him, well, how did you find out about it? And what blew me away was not one, of, not one person on my team gave me the same answer. And I said, wow. So your job, your job as a brand when you come into this market, your only job when you start out is this. You need to understand that that first moment, that true moment of interest is happening in a place that's very different from where you're from. Let me give you an example. So I talk about saying what Jack Ma built is unique, and you already saw the presentation earlier from Alibaba, but I think I wanna show you what it's like to operate, so what it's like to be a consumer. Taobao is the world's largest marketplace and A lot of the Alibaba ecosystem integrates into Taobao, like 85% of our business on Tmall comes through the Taobao app. So Tmall and all the other components are fully integrated into Taobao. And it's a very powerful platform, and I'm going to show you what it's like there. I'm going to show you what it's like to be a shopper. So I had one of my uh, assistant account managers uh, order a floor lamp for the office. I said, hey, let's show people what it's like. So what you're looking at are screenshots of her mobile phone, of her cell phone, her iPhone, as she does this process. So let's do it. So you type in high-end Florim, and what you get is your typical sort of Amazon shopping engine listings. You click on it, you can tap on coupons, but the next thing's interesting, with a single swipe, you can drop this product listing into a chat group with a customer service person. Okay. So you ask them a question and while you're waiting, you click on this thing down at the bottom called buyer's collection. The minute you do that, it's the entire functionality of Pinterest in this store. You're like, hmm, that's interesting. So you're waiting for a response. And actually, if you look to the right here, I posted the question at 17 seconds and my assistant got a response at 25. Eight seconds before a live human being responded to her question. So she's impressed, she asks another one. And while she's waiting this time, she clicks on this other feature called Ask Everyone, which essentially is a place where consumers who bought from the merchant can talk to consumers who haven't yet, and the merchant can't interfere. Much like Airbnb and Uber, right? And to get into this particular section, you have to follow the store. The minute you do that, it's like Twitter and Instagram. And then you check in. That's Foursquare. And you click for points. It's gamification. So you ask the group a question, you ask the CS a question, and as you go through the cart, you customize your order, grab your coupons, and with a thumbprint, with Alibaba, you've made a purchase. That entire process took one minute and 17 seconds. The combined functionality of 15 applications on your phone in every single Taobao merchant store. So every consumer has access to it. Every one of the 800 million consumers on this platform. And here, while you're considering that that is actually quite impressive, this is what should keep you up at night. That was factory direct. There are millions and millions of people on Taobao with stores, but what most people don't realize is a huge percentage make the stuff that they're selling. And you can have that kind of relationship directly with a factory. So that's unique in and of itself. But here's another one. Google is irrelevant in China. So you're thinking about the implications of buying direct from factory with that level of service. Think about the fact that Google itself is blocked in China and it's irrelevant, right? Chinese people don't search to buy things, right? They buy brands, they search for brands, not things. This is how they find you. It is a very complicated network. So going back to my team, giving a different answer to how they discovered Din Tai Fung as a brand. Literally, there are so many different routes, or what we call paths to purchase, in China. And they look a lot like this. So let's give you an example. I'm going to bring up one that I think all of you know, TikTok, right? In, in London is becoming very popular in the UK. In China, it's called Douyin. And Douyin is the biggest activation platform in China now. It's even, I think it may even be close to getting as big as like WeChat and people are spending more time on it than they are on WeChat. So they're spending several hours a day watching those fun videos. But what you may not know is that the seven, eight hundred million people on this app can shop. So Alibaba has integrated Douyin into its affiliate program. There are product links when you're watching a video. You can click on one, go directly to Taobao and make a purchase while you're watching the video. I know you all know what live streaming is, but essentially, it's the whole functionality of the Home Shopping Network, or QVC, on TV inside every merchant store. So everyone can live stream, and you can interact directly with the host or their team live. So they show you what you may want to buy, you make some selections, you talk to them, and you can also purchase directly through Taobao. Um, another interesting concept is, and everyone knows about influencer marketing, there are many platforms that just do community and influence in China. One of those is Red. They do have a commerce component, but now it's also integrated with Alibaba. So you might be on Red and you might be reading something from your favorite sort of influencer, she's talking about a bag brand, and you go on a tablet, you search for the brand and you make a purchase. That's only three examples of hundreds of paths to purchase. So what does that mean for you as a merchant? And what does that mean for us as an operator? It's a gladiator battle for screen real estate. And that real estate is changing. So you think about a mobile device, right? So Alibaba, as you heard earlier, is gonna process about a trillion dollars this year on all their platforms running through Taobao at some level on retail. And that is a huge amount of money. That makes the 50 square centimeters on your phone screen the most valuable real estate on the planet, right? On a per square foot basis, there's nothing more valuable, so everyone that's a merchant is competing for it. Now, in the old days, we would only have to do search or event marketing and things within the ecosystem, but now the ecosystem has expanded. And like you heard, commerce is everywhere and everything, and it's totally integrated. So we have to do co-branding and cross-platform integrations and collaboration at a level that we didn't do before. So honestly, most of the experience you have as a consumer is now integrated in the place that you buy things. So your your entertainment is now collapsing into your world where you shop. And this is what happens when things are really, really competitive, Okay, These are some bottom line figures Um, We've operated in more than 30 categories, and this is always what it looks like. About 10% of the stores and brands control 90% of the trade. And there's a very good reason. You're looking at three of my clients here who absolutely dominate their categories in in, in a number of reasons, but the biggest one is that most traffic is branded in these categories. And so, when I talk about brand, I talk about brand strength. I think about what does it take to really make it in China if, if it's like this? And the answer is you really need an unfair advantage. So if you talk to like venture capitalists or accelerators in China, they tell you the same thing. If you're a foreigner coming into China or you're a foreign brand, you need to have an unfair advantage. And what I've seen, there's many kinds of unfair advantages, but the three baskets that I see most common are the, brand, the person controls some kind of commodity. It could be as simple as gold mines in Australia, and it can be more subtle. Like one of my clients uh, in the states is a grower, and he has 60% of global production of a particular type of ginseng that can be only grown in one place in the U.S. and is only consumed by people in China. So he has a lock on trade. Um, another thing you can do is have a disruptive technology or user experience. And we already mentioned TikTok has taken China from by storm and gone from you know zero to six, seven hundred million users in two years. But the one that's most accessible to everyone in this room is brand equity. It's something everyone here can master. So when uh, uh, people come to us, we ask ourselves some questions. And these are the things we're concerned about as your potential operator in China. First of all, brand strength is a timing issue, right? It doesn't mean you can't come into China. It's just timing. Is it the right time? Okay, the stronger your brand, the more support you get the more support you get, the stronger you become. And this circle is is how you build a defendable position in the platform. So resources and commitment are very important, but more important than anything is how strong your brand is. Do you have some traction? And can we get Tmall to support it, or JD, or whoever we're working with, can we get that in your court as you launch and operate? Because it makes a huge difference. As an example, one of our clients, Duvel, Um, They, uh, we launched them last year, and from day one it was a wild success, right? So this brand had traction in the market. They are, I think they're the number two or number three uh, biggest craft beer group in China behind AB InBev. But even from day one it made a huge difference having that traction. So they placed in the top ten as a beer store on the two major events. They're performing extremely well, and their cost to do this is almost nil right? It's a very low percentage of the actual transaction value because they have traction, they have resonance in the market. Now when you look at Duval, you say, wow, here's a brand that was very intentional. So they've been in China a while. I think it's like eight years. They are sold in a lot of bars and pubs and restaurants and hotels. They have penetration and they have, I think it's, you know, 8,000 points of sale or something like this. It's pretty substantial. But what's really interesting is when we launched commerce for them, all of that offline activity came straight online. And I, on the left here, you see a picture of guys who are their sort of sort of influencers, right? These guys own little bars and pubs, and they have integrated through Douyin with Taobao and allowed them to become affiliates of the flagship store. And all of that activity has come on and offline, creating a pretty huge response. This is a very important slide for everyone in this room. Um, you're probably wondering, looking at the situation, how can you get traction in China? Like, how is it done? Well, we just described Duvel, right? which was intentional. They have a full Omni program in China. They've been there a number of years. They've got influencers. They have off and online retail. And they were able to rally all of those resources and integrate them into the, uh, the launch on Tmall and JD and have a wild success. But you're probably wondering because you're not in China or you may be thinking about China, well, how can I do that if I don't go in and make this huge investment? Actually, what, what this whole presentation is about, which you're about to see, is how you can have a happy accident, which you'd be surprised at how many brands are successful in China just by accident. And what I would say, what I mean by accident is they do very specific things in their home markets or globally that also spills into China. So you see here on the left, word of mouth, obvious, having resellers. I know you all have heard of Daigo's maybe, which are people that professionally shop for others in China. And they're all over the UK, right? Students, travelers are everywhere. Maybe not now, but normally they're here. And they're shopping and they're buying your products and they're getting exposed to your brand. And the question is, how do you take that exposure and push it over the top so you can create a winner? I want to give this example. I don't know if any of you have heard of this brand in the UK, but Allbirds is a wild success globally, right? It started about three years ago. And the way they launched, the way these kinds of brands, these direct-to-consumer brands, approach a market is rather disruptive. So when they approach a company like mine, they don't come to us with a marketing manager and, you know, an advertising department or something very traditional. They meet us and they have their influence team sit in front of me, their community manager. You know, they start with influence and community, then they talk about partnerships and asset creation. And their product development team is talking about doing voice of China or listening tours to figure out what people want and completely customizing product for the market. So if you think about it, every market they go in, they have a, a, an infrastructure internally that is all about growth, right? It's all about communication. It's all about growth. So All Birds launched in April of last year. And there was this overnight success on Tmall. Like, there was all this press about how they were able to do it. And I thought to myself, well, you know what, guys? Nothing in chap- you know, It's very rare that that happens, right? Are they really a unicorn? Or did some- was there something else that happened behind the scenes, uh, something else that caused that response? And so I had my team dig into it, really. We wanted to know how they did it. So how? Well, it's interesting. Uh, We started looking backwards into the data to figure out, was there a moment, and the nice thing about this brand is it didn't exist on earth three years ago. You can actually see it when it happened. Did it happen overnight or was it incremental? It's really interesting. Actually, it all happened in one month, in March of 2018. This brand went from basically a nobody in China to suddenly having what we would consider A very viable level of brand equity or brand strength to justify a commercial launch, meaning a successful multi-million dollar store. This is what happened in March 2018. And let me tell you, none of this happened in China. They launched Shoes Made of Trees. They opened up pop-up stores in Canada and started rolling out their PR strategy, which got syndicated in China at a level that was huge. It was a massive syndication of content through trade media in China. And the combination of that with all their other activation activity created a very viable commercial case. Now, what's really interesting is they didn't know it. So instead of launching in April of last year, they could have launched any time after March 2018 and had the same commercial success. And that's profound. Because this is what you need to know, right? Direct-to-consumer strategies work in China because people follow people who follow brands. And those people in China who follow brands follow other people who follow brands outside of China. And this is exactly how things are happening. You wanna create a happy accident, look no further than your friendly neighborhood direct-to-consumer strategist because they've got it, and it is working in China, and I've seen this in many, many categories and in many cases. So I get approached by hundreds of brands a year, right, for whatever reason, optimization, fix my problem in China, et cetera, and all of them come to us looking at the wrong things, like logistics or inventory a product or something and market research and this and that, and really the one thing that is glaringly obvious to my team that is the missing hole in everyone's plan when they come to China. What is that missing piece, you might ask? It's simple, activation, right? It's brand strength, okay? And so what I encourage you guys to do, if you want to come into China and get serious about it, is focus on strength, focus on resonance, and engage people where they want to be engaged. And you, too, can have a wild success in the Chinese market. Thank you. I actually left two minutes for questions intentionally, so I rushed through. Does anyone have any questions? Anyone? Oh, come on. Someone has a question. Yeah. Thank you. Very good question. Uh, when I first uh, went to Shanghai, it was about seven years ago now, uh, a, a little bit before we launched the company. Um, a unique feature of commerce in China is transparency. So Alibaba itself is a very transparent marketplace where you can see things you can't get from, uh, you know, places like Amazon. And I found it to be very interesting that you could have access to this data on your competition and everyone else. And so we decided to name the company this because we use data to build an unfair advantage for people coming in. So we're trying to figure out how we can design your way into China using the data to make, make it work. So that was how we did it and then we built a data platform and et cetera and so on. And then ended up in operations. Anyone else? Oh. Thank you, Josh, for the presentation. Um, So um, I actually have quite a few friends in B2B commerce or B2B trade in China. It is booming. It is absolutely booming. Uh, Whether LinkedIn is a good mechanism for you to enter the Chinese market absolutely depends on your category. So I always go back to what are you selling, right? Because you have to go where the fish are biting. It's really that simple. So I can't answer your question in in a direct way because i don't know what you're talking about in terms of product but um linkedin is very powerful in china depending on what you're selling that is absolutely true we use it and it does a very good job of getting the message out mostly in my view linkedin is excellent as a form of influence with your existing network so people are actually on linkedin as much as they're on taobao and other things if they're working during the day And so you can stay top of mind with all your channel partners and relevant in their mind. And you do get, uh, we don't get direct leads, but a lot of indirect um, invitations, leads and things come through our channels. So it is very influential. There's a question here. Oh, and there. So this is an interesting world right now. Um, I think uh, because China is such a powerful market right now in terms of commerce, like it's such a huge, it trumps all the other e-commerce find. Um Or I should say just digital in general, it's very advanced. I think some of the brands in China are set up for big success overseas. Uh, there's one you can look up, which I think at some point they will roll out, is Perfect Diary. They've already done collaborations with like the Museum of uh, Modern Art in New York and other things. It is a pure D2C strategy play. It's brilliant. They use micro-influencers by the tens of thousands. If you read the story, it'll be very inspiring to you. And So yes, I think Chinese brands are going to start going abroad and becoming very successful as a result of surviving and thriving in their own ecosystem. Those strategies and tools will be quite relevant outside of China. your shoulder and what's going to say So if we take this going into China, it's a totally different beast. So if they want to go into Asia back, China really on its own. What advice would you give them in terms of penetrating into China? Should China be the first one or should we look at other Very good question. Where do you start in Asia? Um, China is by far the biggest market. You know it trumps all the other ones. Um, But what I can say um, pretty confidently, because I have friends who are doing Asia-Pac commerce, it is definitely less competitive than China. So um, I have a channel partner that we work with who's doing quite significant volume in Vietnam right now through commerce. They're doing, I don't know, 30 containers a month or something every month. And in China, they're even smaller now than they are in Vietnam. So I think it, it, it depends on your category. Again, I go back to that. Uh, and I would say, you have to look at your own brand, yeah? You have to look at your own resources and whether you guys are ready for the Chinese market, because it is very competitive and transparent. So if, if you're not ready for that, um, then I think it is quite easy in terms of market access in other less competitive markets. The difference is, in those markets where it's less competitive there's also less upside so the volume just it's not nearly what you would do in china but you could surround china and then go in later so what i see a lot of uh really clever brands do is they activate in bangkok and tokyo and seoul and get into sort of travel retail which automatically activates them in china and then when they go into china they already have brand strength and they just overnight so this is a very indirect but successful strategy to get into the Chinese market without being there. Kind of like what I was saying today. The the goal of this conversation for this group is that using the things that work for you here can also work there if you pick the right ones. And it's actually a much better way to enter than to go in and not know what you're doing and trip up all the time. The nice thing about having a brand that's already popular in China in some way or has traction is it makes it easier for you to succeed despite all the mistakes you're gonna make. It's very, if it's defendable position, then it's defendable and you can make money doing it. And the same would be true in Asia-Pac. I don't have direct experience in the Indonesian market, but it is hot. Vietnam is hot, Thailand is hot. They're very good places to do business at this time, depending on your category. Questions, anyone else? Great. Thank you guys, I really appreciate it. I, I will be around all day if you need to see me, thank you.